0: I'm a big fan of trains. My grandfather worked for CPR. I've always liked trains. So I was paying attention when this war began to the use of trains in Ukraine. And it's hard to overstate just how important the rail system and those who keep the trains running has been to the war effort, a national lifeline. The railroad has become a symbol of resistance. It brings weapons, aid and supplies to the east of the country. It's evacuated millions of people fleeing the violence. It's also now transporting families back to areas that were previously occupied by Russian troops. It's brought foreign leaders to Kiev, including the Canadian delegation that visited the capital on the weekend. Prime Minister Trudeau even posted a video thanking the rail service. And I really want to take a moment to say thank you to all the railway workers of Ukraine. Uh, it has been an extremely difficult time, but you're there to help people get out, to bring necessary goods and supplies in, and you're stepping up uh, to continue to keep Ukraine free and strong. Thank you for everything you're doing Since Russia began its blockade of the Black Sea coast, Ukraine has also been using rail to try to export goods like wheat, coal, steel, and chemical products uh, through the West. So how have they done it? How have they kept the trains running through an invasion? Well, joining me now to talk about that and much more is Alexander Commission. He's the CEO of Ukrainian Railways. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Nice to hear you, Ben. I'm trying to imagine what it must have been like in the very early days of the Russian invasion, just how quickly you had to change so many things and how you managed to adapt so quickly.
1: But I don't remember that already because the whole life passed for the last uh, two and a half months, indeed, and uh, first days were like half-life itself, you know. Mm. But finally, uh, we've done what we had to do with evacuation program, with humanitarian aid program, and now we're doing more and more on the cargo
0: side. I mean, the the train system has really become the lifeline for Ukraine. Uh, Just how important has it become for the country uh, in this war effort?
1: Well, the key word in this world, bigger word is the life. So finally, we secure the life for people. We evacuate people. We bring food, medicals, and all the rest back to East. And uh, that's uh, securing life. You know, we say that in the peaceful time, we've been the backbone of economy. In the wartime, we began, became the backbone of security. So finally, I believe it's important.
0: The sheer number of people that you've moved from the east uh, towards safety is remarkable. I think it's something like three and a half million, maybe more now.
1: It's four million from east, uh, center and south of Ukraine to west, and, and it's half million from west to neighbor countries.
0: How have you managed to keep the trains running in the middle of a war?
1: You know, from one side, uh, from one hand, that's uh, almost impossible to run uh, the railways under shelling. From another side, it's quite easy. I've got 231,000 well-disciplined, determined uh, railway men, and all of them, all of us, do our job daily, and uh, we just keep running. We just keep moving on, you know.
0: How have you managed to, with, with Russia targeting infrastructure now, targeting the rails, how have you managed to try and make sure that those repairs are done?
1: But actually, they're not that good in targeting. You know, they constantly uh, improve that, but they're not that good. Uh, I would say that Russian army was overestimated. Second point, we keep repairing, and we are better and better in that. So once they shell us, we take a break until the shelling ends, then people run out, fix everything, and uh, get it back. And finally, we learned how to repair fast and how to keep running. You know, it never takes us more than two hours uh, being, being uh, not operating the railroads. Like we constantly find a way how to keep running.
0: I understand that you've imposed sort of a, a different kind of management style for this. That you allow people on the ground to make decisions that would have taken longer in the past.
1: Indeed, before the war, uh, me and my team, we were a kind of uh, construction team, development team, uh, like CAPEX program team. But now we had to become the wartime team. And finally, we rely much on people on the ground, as you say. And we travel much across the whole country to meet those people on the ground and to walk on the ground together with them. And uh, finally, it works.
0: What do you, I mean, you've been across the country during this war. You've met, it is the largest employer in the country. You mentioned some 230,000 yes, employees. Yes, it's, it's massive. What, what do you hear from all your staff out there about the work they're doing?
1: You know, Ben, never in my life I told more times, thank you for what you do. Uh, and never in my life I heard more times, well, we are just doing our job. And it's not just words. You know, all these people, as well as me, as well as the whole team, are just doing our jobs. We don't have any other option but to keep running, keep doing our job. And that's what the whole world understood. We will not step down. There is no way for us to step down. We only can win this war. It's only about how soon it will happen and how many lives we can save together with the Western world.
0: Because you've lost lives too, Alexander. Your, your, your employees have, have sacrificed as well.
1: You know, that's the highest uh, price we pay in this war, indeed. And uh, actually, that makes the highest pain to myself. We already lost 130 as killed and 162 as injured. And three people remain hostages. And that's the highest price, actually. That's something which we can't uh, reconstruct, can't restore. And all the rest, the damaged infrastructure, we'll rebuild it. It's it's fine.
0: What do you say to, to, to your staff when you are What do they say to you when, when you when you talk about the risks that are involved in doing this work now?
1: Ben, actually, no one is talking about the risk. You know, like uh, people run the company, and if they meet me in Deep East, where it's really dangerous, like we do not talk about the risks, we talk about uh, food, water, and reconstruction of bridges and reconstruction of tracks and all the rest. You know, uh, it would be not smart to talk about risks being in Kharkiv or in Krematorsk.
0: What have been the biggest challenges uh, from your point of view in trying to keep everything going day after day? You know, they
1: start shelling more and more precisely, they start shelling more and more targeting infrastructure, railway infrastructure. But finally, again, uh, I believe that the light will beat the darkness and finally will fight them out from our country.
0: You're new to this. This is not something you've been doing for a very long time. You're 37, I believe, which is um, how much of a challenge has it been for you personally and, and for your family, too, uh, for you to take on, to have this role at such a crucial time for the country?
1: The highest challenge for me is not seeing my kids for all two the uh, 2.5 months. And that's the highest cost for me and the highest challenge. And uh, all the rest is doable. All the rest is fine.
0: They must be proud of you.
1: I'm not asking them about that. I'm asking them to do more for our country. My kids are making uh, bracelets, something you can put on your hand uh, with Ukrainian flags, and they are selling that uh, in Europe, and and they are buying uh, tools for kids uh, and sending it to uh, Ukraine. So, it's only about discussing with them how much they've done uh, for their native country today and what they sent and what's, what their impact, you
0: know. I'm speaking with Alexander Commission. He's the CEO of Ukrainian Railways. We're talking about how the rail system has managed to continue to operate, has become not only a symbol of resistance to Russia, but also the lifeline for the country. Uh, when we come back, a bit more about just how vital it's become now, not only for moving people around Ukraine, but also for Ukraine's exports with shipping routes cut off. That's next. I'm speaking with Alexander Kemishin. He's the CEO of Ukrainian Railways. We've been talking about just how vital the rail system has been to the war effort uh, in Ukraine how important it's been to saving lives, to getting supplies to the front lines and to bringing people out. And also the sacrifices that Ukrainian rail workers have made, more than a hundred have been killed, more than that have been injured. Alexander, I understand too that the rail network has now taken on a very significant role when it comes to moving exports out of the country with so much trouble now trying to get exports out the, the normal way through, the sea, through ports. Uh,
1: indeed, Ben. And uh, on the 20th day of the war, we started thinking about how we can uh, change the direction of exports, grain and iron ore and metals and all the rest. And uh, finally, we understood that we have to run west, we have to go west. And uh, that's what we are developing for the last two months. And that's where we pay attention. That's where we try to find new way how we can bring more cargo to the world. Again, Ukraine was exporting 50 million tons of grains worldwide. And that's something the world needs. And that's something we have. If you heard uh, the President Biden uh, told today that he knows that we've got some 20 million tons of uh, grain inside the country. And he is also finding a way how we can bring that out. And uh, that's important for the whole world.
0: It is. I mean, we know we've been talking about food shortages as well and just how much Ukraine's, the cutoff of Ukraine's uh, exports has been difficult for countries that rely on them. Uh, how difficult has it been to try to to, to sort of reposition, to, to try to get those exports out of the country?
1: You know, all of our neighbors, especially Poland, Romania, uh, Hungary, uh, Slovakia, and uh, Moldova are really, really cooperative. They are really doing much for us. Meanwhile, we can export 10 times more than we are doing now. And uh, that's the philosophy we try to show to European countries that we are not just the country which is uh, being attacked by Russians and we ask for assistance with beating them out. We are the country which has some uh, 100 million tons of cargo which can go new direction. And that's the new business we're bringing to European countries. Each ton of cargo could bring as much as $50 per ton of logistical costs, which will stay in European countries. That's something new for European countries.
0: And obviously very important for Ukraine's economy, too, with with the damage that, that the invasion has done, is, is keeping people working, keeping those exports getting out.
1: Indeed, you're right. Uh, and, you know, we, are, we were quite well structured and quite well... Uh, organized in the worldwide economy, in the global economy. And, you know, this uh, means that uh, when we find this way out, all countries will win.
0: What's it been like? We know that you had a thank you from Canada's Prime Minister because you have been, and we, I know, I know, there's probably some operation security involved here, so we don't have to get into details. But you have been bringing foreign dignitaries in from Poland to Kiev, uh, because of course there are no flights in in and out of the country right now. What's that been like? And what's it like to get the the acknowledgement from foreign leaders about the hard work that you're doing?
1: I tell you, the only thing you've got, great Prime Minister, you you're a really lucky country. That's great.
0: You took this job on, not knowing what would come next. What about for you? Do you ever have any, do you ever sit back and think what life might be like if you hadn't taken on this position? You're still 37. You're obviously still learning on the job, too. We all are when we start new work. Uh, How has it been for you personally? I mean, you talked about your family, but just in terms of the decisions you have to make, the pressure that's on you, uh, how has that been for you?
1: Ben, you know, if I would have some time i would sit and uh, sit back and and think about that but uh, russians don't let me uh, have that time second point uh, we never asked uh, we never planned we never wanted to be in the war russians didn't ask us they just came and started killing us so we have to stand up and fight and third point you know during the war time you learn faster really faster
0: what do you, when you look to the future, the near future, what are your hopes and what are your concerns when you, when you look at, at the months ahead uh, as this fight continues?
1: Ben, I know, you know, I told you that uh, my team was the construction team, the building team, the new projects team. And finally, that's what we brought to the company one, uh, nine months ago. And uh, once we fight Russians out, I'm sure that we'll have the great reconstruction. And I'm sure that uh, it will be even more important those skills which I was bringing in the company to reconstruct the infrastructure to build the new railway.
0: You've had some help. I mean, one of the things I found interesting about this is that rail workers in Belarus, for instance, have been involved in some... Some uh, You spoke about this a bit. There seems to be a bit of solidarity amongst rail workers here. Is, are you seeing that?
1: Indeed. Uh, Dora, Honest and... Uh, smart people uh, in Belarus as well, and they do what they have to do. They also do their job, not letting Belarusian and Russian uh, army trains, military trains uh, step in Ukraine uh, by the rail, by the track. And, uh, you know, uh, like I also feel support from Canada And uh, what your country is doing for Ukraine is also very very important for us. I would like to thank you, to thank all people of Canada. And that's really important for us. It's something we will remind.
0: Um, You've managed to keep the rail system as also a sense of security, I think, for the people of Ukraine. The idea that the trains are still running provides confidence, I think, to people that they can move, that they can find safety or at least get supplies, how important has that aspect been for you to try to provide that security, uh, that sense of normalcy, say, to the people of Ukraine during this very abnormal time?
1: You know, Ben, under constant shelling, if a person knows that the only thing he should do is to get to the station, and that's where he will get uh, hot tea, hot meal. Uh, first aid, psychological uh, assistance, and uh, medicals. And uh, within one day, uh, he will for sure depart to West. I believe that's something really important in this shaky world. And uh, that's what we've done with 4 million people. And uh, now the main challenge for us is to bring those people back once it's safe in their towns. So finally, we are moving people out and then we hope to move them in
0: i guess that will be the victory the day that people that you start moving millions back to the areas that you've moved them out of
1: i am really 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 expecting that day
0: well, alexander Kemishin, thank you so much for your time tonight i appreciate it
1: ben it was a pleasure